Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony, and today is Friday, January 21st. We are almost done with the first month of the brand new year, and today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about some injuries um, that we've already, we're experiencing already, Um, and then we're going to jump into some uh, get off your chest and some mailbag questions that... Um, our listeners have submitted. Uh, what's going on now? How we doing? What's going on, man? I'm excited. It's all about the listeners today, pretty much, huh? We got mailbag. We got get it off your chest. It should be fun. Yeah, not a whole lot going on, um, but you know where we are getting closer and closer to that trade deadline. There's already been massive trades, not massive trades, but at least some transactional trades that have gone on um, in the NBA. Um, and it's only right that we start off this this podcast by definitely reviewing this past week. But, man, the biggest talk of the town was was the infamous that I'm now calling infamous. Is it is it OK if we call it infamous, if it just happened? We have Mo Bamba that had a crazy first half, crazy first half. Um, there was a moment where Mo Bamba was was like he was trending. Mo Bamba was, was trending for positives, for positives. It was great. Um, Al, man, what do you think of his first half performance? And then what do you think happened in that, that second half? Like, what what, what went on? That was wild. And it's funny, me and you texted right at halftime. I'm like, man, Mo Bamba's killing it. We went kind of back and forth for a couple of texts. And my response to you was, watch him go scoreless in the second half. It wasn't quite as bad, but he got into foul trouble. In some way, somehow, he only scored four points. Um, did not shoot a single three-pointer after going seven out of eight in the first half. Um, I'm going to blame that on the coaching staff. I mean, you cannot have such a hot hand and not find a way to get this man the ball. I mean, I get the Sixers did a great job defending him and kind of guarding him a little closer to the three-point line in the second half. But still, you got to find this guy some way, somehow, before he got into foul trouble and just see if if he was still hot. But I mean, the positive side of that is Mo Bamba showed what we've known already. This kid can shoot the ball. That that has never been in doubt, um, which that's what makes him such an interesting, interesting prospect. It's the fact that, hey, he's seven foot, crazy wingspan, and can shoot it. He can block shots well and shoot it well. That's what we know so far. It's everything else. That's a question mark with Mo Bamba, unfortunately. Um, so it was impressive. It was wild to think about the fact that Embiid was playing so well in the first half, and yet Mo Bamba did even better than that. Um, but unfortunately, the life of Magic fan, the second half came, the Sixers crushed us completely, and unfortunately, Mo Bamba got into foul trouble and couldn't play much. How about you? What were your takes on Mo Bamba's performance last night? Man, it was fun to, it was fun to watch. Like you you want to see that from from Mo Bamba because when we talk about I, I feel like Mo Bamba is definitely one of the most bipolar 
players that are and when i mean bipolar i really mean from the fan base where you have you really really have two sides you have the sides that really do not like mo bamba um they they talk about his motor they talk about him not being consistent and then you have the other side that they still believe in the potential and i feel like that first half for a glimpse we saw that potential but a a warning of caution is that it, it was just a, it was just a moment now it's it's great because who knows maybe this is the starting point right it was a little disappointing to see that that we really didn't get at least half of that first half in the second half like you know we i was talking to my my brother and we we're like man z you think he can get 40 I'm like man, he only needs 12 points man just six points a quarter i think it's doable and the fact that it didn't even come close to that, I was like, oh, man, rough. But still a really, really big night. We don't want to take that away from Obama. He was aggressive. I don't know what it is about Philly. Like, he, I, I think it's really more that matchup with Joel Embiid. It you know, is. they, I'm not sure if they still do, but at one point in time, especially when they're coming into the league, uh, they shared the same um, offseason trainer. So they, they really got to battle out like one on one drills and really get to know each other before, you know, going into the NBA. Um, even after the game, you know, Joel Embiid kind of called Mo Bamba out saying, you know, Mo Bamba couldn't even guard me tonight, but let's be honest, he cooked me also. So he was, <laughs> he was definitely giving him his version of, of respect and whatever that may be from Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid, man, he, he went off, man. If you don't think that Joel Embiid is by far the best big man in the league, I don't, I don't know if we're watching the same type of basketball. Uh, I'm not a fan personally of Joel Embiid. But Joel Embiid is definitely that polarizing figure that you love him if he's on your team. And if he's not, he's a little annoying. I mean, the way that he played last night, I, I think I tweeted this. It reminded me of the old old days with Shaquille O'Neal. Like, there was nothing we could throw at this man to stop him. Robin Lopez, we threw out there Mo Bamba. And mind you, I think Wendell Carter could have probably done a better job at least pushing him off a little bit out of his comfort zone. But we had nothing for this man. Like, it, it, Robin Lopez just just basically threw his hand up and said, you know what? I, I can't do anything about it. He just started pushing him. <laughs> like there was nothing he could do. Um, that was special to, to watch as well. I did find it kind of corny that in the last minute of the game, whatever it was, the last few minutes, they put him back to score four <laughs> points and took him out. I'm like, come on, man. Um, Dude, when he missed, was, when he missed that free throw to, to get that career high, cause he only matched it. He was on the line shot two, missed yep. that one free throw. I was like, man, that's, that's what jazz gets, man. Get off, get yep. off the court. You're too injury prone to be playing extra garbage minutes just so that you can get a career stat. They were up 26, man. Like, you don't do that. Hey. I mean, if, if the game's a 10, 12-point game, I get it. You know, close enough. But by 26, I wasn't really you can tell. You can tell Doc Rivers was, like, even second-guessing it himself. Like, how, how much would that really fall on the coaching staff? Like, dude, you really put him out there? You're already stomping the magic. Your man already dropped, you know, 40 plus points you're really going to drop him in there leave him in there so that he can get his 51 like really that's what we're doing that's why the minute that you miss it all right get off the court man get off that's why old school nba they would have put him on his ass they would have followed him so hard that it would have sent the message not do it again but i'll be honest with you the only thing i was really disappointed in and i understand why we did it um but the decision to play robin lopez as much as we did instead of going with mo wagner um I get it, man. He's he's a vet. He's a big body. Can really get in there physically with Joel Embiid, and Joel Embiid is is a physical specimen. I get all of that. 
I just like the way that Mo Wagner plays. Like, he really impacts the game. He's giving 120, 130% effort. The dude is an antagonizer, which I absolutely love. And I feel like Joel Embiid has that personality that he would entertain uh, that that kind of chip that, that Mo brings in. And I thought that, you know, he's he's someone that can stretch the floor also and, and really does a good job all around. And I like how well he's been playing lately. I was really surprised that we didn't go to him Um you know, earlier on, it wasn't until like way later that we actually got to see him on the floor. Um, but I, I understand the reasons why. Little disappointed that it happened that way. Yeah, hey, and you know, Mo loves to get in people's heads. He loves it, and I think the funny part is Embiid is known to be easily influenced and to be easily impacted by guys like that. So I think Mo Wagner could have been that guy that maybe just threw him off a little bit. Um, I was surprised that again when he was killing Mo Bamba, killing. Robin Lopez, like, hey, throw him out there and see what he can do. But no, unfortunately, we didn't see that until nope. later on in the game. And uh, even then, he wasn't really kind of guarding Embiid. Um, so it's upsetting because, like you said, it would have been fun to watch. Dude, he got he got under Luka Doncic's skin. You don't think he would have done twice as worse to Joel Embiid? And it might not even be anything, like, spectacular. It's just being annoying. And I feel like Mo Wagner has that that annoying... You know, you like him that he's on your team, but if he's on the opposing team, you absolutely hate him. Like, I feel like he would have that. And, you know, little things like that really does, you know, help the team in, in some capacity, whether that throw Joel Embiid off his game because now he's too focused on, you know, really trying to take down Mo Wagner. Or he picks up a tech. Like, little things like that, you know, alters the game. And I, and I wish that we would have at least entertain that early on just to see, because you're right. Robin Lopez was getting the business by Joel Embiid and we, we kept, we kept going to him. Speaking of that, Luca against Mo Wagner, what were your thoughts on that little scuffle there? It wasn't really nothing crazy, but what were your thoughts on that? It's, it's, it's funny. I like, I laughed at it (laughs) because, you know, you saw the comments at Luca and China, like Luca is, he's, he's a superstar, man. So he's kind of like, man, who, who are you? Like, <laughs> like, let's be real. And Mo Wagner's not doing anything crazy, but you know, someone else scores and he starts flexing, and you know, it, it annoys other people. And I, I enjoy that. I like that. Like, it, it gives me Matt Barnes vibes. Like, Matt Barnes to this day is still one of my favorite players to play on the Orlando Magic, even though it was a really, really short stint. I enjoyed it. Ray Frosten is another player that comes to mind. Like, you, you just like that that little additional. Like little little thing that you don't expect. The Orlando Magic is so cookie cutter, bro. Like so cookie, uh, so cookie cutter. And I I enjoy seeing players that kind of have, you know, that additional dog that I'm not scared of nobody. And and whether it's it's an enforcer or someone that is just gonna go in there and and chip chip it away, man. And I I enjoy that. And I think that out of all teams, I would have loved to see, you know, him really get into Philly. Would have loved to have seen it. That would have been great. That would have been great. But like you said, the whole Luca Doncic thing, it just it just shows again that character that he has, what he brings to the team. To get into Luca, again, you don't really see Luca kind of lose it the way that he did. But I guess there was some chatter going on back and forth. And that's what he's known for. He he just gets in your head. Whether you're winning or you're losing, he's gonna try to get in there and, and impact the game in any way that he can. And to make it even better, he's been killing it lately. So I think he's yeah, earned some really minutes well. off the bench especially with all the injuries that we have. I, I think we should see him out there a little bit more. I love Robin. He, he's done great while he's been out there. But I think uh, there's a simple little thing that he's earned minutes. And you got to reward him on a night like last night where we're getting killed in the second half. 
switch it up a little bit. But um, I, I love what I'm seeing from Mo. I hope that we keep seeing it. Both Mo's actually, Mo Bamba and Mo Wagner for different reasons. But I love the Mo Wagner part of it when it comes to getting people's heads. It's funny you mentioned Matt Barnes because that's the one guy that comes to mind when I see him play. Like it reminds me of that. He's not doing anything crazy out there, but he's getting to the opponent's head. And, and I love that. Yeah, I mean, through the stretch, we we got a win against Charlotte, lost against Dallas, Portland, Philadelphia. Had a little scare with RJ Hampton in his knee um, late into the the Philadelphia game, and you know, luckily it wasn't anything too serious. Um, we're expecting for him to be sidelined two to four weeks due to MCL sprain and and you know bone bruise. So you know, how fortunate are you to see that? It's not something severe to where, you know, it's going to be missing R.J. Hampton for an extensive period. Man, it was very similar to Wendell Carter. Like, the way that he was holding onto his knee, the way that he was just screaming. Uh, the camera kind of caught a good angle of that, him screaming and basically saying, don't touch me, kind of don't, don't touch my knee. It was scary. And the first thing that comes to mind, of course, because we've seen two of those in recent memory with, with Isaac and Falls, it's like, oh, my God, he tore his ACL. That's the first thing that came to mind. Then I watched the replay. I'm like, wait, it was an awkward kind of landing, but it was not kind of like a, like a tear. It was more like a sprain. And thankfully, we found out today it was a sprain. It was a bone bruise. And thankfully, it's only two to four weeks. Um, so we will definitely see him again this season. I'm happy that we can say that because, again, anything, anytime we see a player holding up to their knee in a Magic uniform, you think Never the worst. Automatically. Never a good sign. Um, and this just adds on to the fact that the Orlando Magic continue to have the worst record in the NBA. We are now four games ahead of Detroit for the worst record in the NBA. So we got a four-game cushion there, especially for the, the people that are out there that are really in for the tank at this point of the season. You know, I understand it, but what are your thoughts on the fact that you really look at the NBA standings and we're dead last? Now, when I when I personally look at it, I feel like we're not – I mean, I'm, I'm biased, man. I, I'm biased. But when I look at it, I don't see us being like the normal worst team in the NBA type of team. Just you because like I personally feel like we are a sleeping giant and we're literally just waiting for certain things to kind of happen for it to change completely. Now, I do feel like it's getting to a point where we're, we're now touching close to you know, the, the second leg of the season. And it, it's, it's definitely too late for us to really make a run. Right. And I just dude, Markel, Jonathan, Isaac, the vets, the draft pick, like you look at it and it's, you can easily convince yourself that this will be the last season that we are in the last place. Like this, this would be it. But I mean, what are, what are your what are your thoughts when you see that you know the Magic are the last place team? I mean, I guess at this point, I keep saying it. I don't want to think about the tank. I don't want us to tank anymore because we went through it last year and we got our hearts broken. And I would hate imagine us finishing all this year of suffering again, the worst record. And on Twitter, it's very popular to see this, like, oh, the Magic will pick fifth. Just our luck, right? We, we, so for those that don't know, when you finish with the worst record in the NBA your odds are actually higher to get the fifth pick than it is to finish with the first. So knowing the Magic's luck in recent memory, we'll probably pick fifth. That's just a joke on Twitter, right? My thing is, I think I I found a solution to the problem, and it is the Magic are just trying to tank bad enough right now so that when J.I. does come back and Markel and 
MCW and everybody else comes back and maybe we win three out of four, four out of five. And all of a sudden we're kind of piling up wins. We're still going to secure a top three, the top three best odds in the draft. Like they, they're trying to now mess that up because other than that, man, it makes no sense. Again, even Markel, the guys joined the team now since December 17th at practice. It is now January 20th, a month and almost a week into it. He's still not back. J.I. is a mystery. According to what we've heard, he looks amazing, but he's not quite ready yet. MCW, whatever happened to him, his foot uh, injury, it's been six months. We haven't seen him. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of weird things kind of going on. Even Wendell. He had a hamstring. His hamstring was sore. Seven games he missed. So I feel like it's something kind of, I, I, wouldn't, I won't call it tanking officially, but they're not in no rush to pile up wins right now. It's just it, it, weird. It's, it's crazy because this is by far like the greatest excuse ever to tank, which is we're not going to give a deadline for injuries. We're yeah. not going to communicate when these players are returning because we don't want to rush their recovery process. And it's acceptable. Nobody is going to bat an eye on it because the excuse is, well, the Orlando Magic, they've they've never had a healthy roster. They're still missing this person, this person, that person, on and on and on. But we're not going to rush the process. Jonathan Isaac, he's been gone for, I I, I don't, I if you were to ask me, man, how, how'd you, how, if you remember, like, how was Jonathan's Isaac last game? Like, he got hurt, but I don't remember <laughs> this. But it's been so long. There's been two NBA champions already since the last time that we've seen Jonathan Isaac play. And it's it's hard. But again, the easy excuse is there's no deadline. We want to make sure that when they come back, they come back 150% healed. And... The flip side to that is great. When you get Jonathan Isaac back, we want to make sure that he stays back because previously when he got hurt in the bubble, the questions now or back then were, Dan, did we rush Jonathan Isaac back? We made it worse. So part of it is I'm sure they're being overly cautious because Jonathan Isaac is supposed to be like their guy. That's their draft pick. That's supposed to be their Giannis. Like that's 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 him. He's supposed to be the centerpiece. And we haven't been able to get a glimpse of that at all. It's it's crazy. But I think I really think that's their mindset they have right now is hey, I wouldn't be surprised if you see honestly J.I. come back after the trade deadline all-star break, kind of. I think it's February 20th in, in that range. So basically, you'll see him for a month and a half. You'll see him for that March, a little bit of April, the season ends. So again, and even then, I expect the Magic to have a heavily, heavily managed minutes restriction on both Markel and J.I. So again, they won't impact winning very much. They're going to go out there. They're going to show some glimpses of how they look. That will be it. I mean, I don't know. It's it's crazy. And I guess at this point, we got to buy into it because we're, we're now really in the second half of the season. We're now thinking of next year, pretty much. So at this point, it is what it is. Tank if you're going to tank, but you won't hear out of my mouth like, oh man, I hope we lose tonight. It, it, I don't care honestly about it. I just want to see what happens in the lottery. I, I mean, after last season, I don't want to go through that again. It's that simple. 
it is the most Orlando Magic outcome to have one of the worst records in the NBA and not get the first pick, not get the second, oh. so on and so forth. I so I, I get, I definitely get the fear. So last year was it's the opposite. We were all positive. We're going to get top two for sure. We're super positive. This year, I'm trying a different approach. We're going to get a fifth. We're going to miss out on the top three power forwards and this new kid that just got into the draft. Yeah, we're going to miss on all of them. <laughs> just just our luck. <laughs> prepare prepare for the worst. I like that. You're trying to protect yourself yes. from getting heartbroken. I get yes. it. I get it. That's a good, it's a good strategy. I've been using that same strategy for like the last 10 years. Has it worked? No. Damn it. Nah. Every Damn season it. ends in heartbreak. All right, man. We're going to jump into our mailbag. So this first one comes from uh, Blue and White Ignite Podcast, who asks, who, in your own opinion, is the most important guard on this team? And if Bamba continues to play half the way he played against the Sixers, should we really trade him? Interesting question. Um, most important guard on the team, I think that has to go to, at this point, Oh, it's going to be tough. I still think it's Markel, believe it or not. Uh, Cole Anthony is who he is. He's going to put up points. Uh, Jalen Suggs, to me, has a crazy high potential, and he's going to be a great player no matter what. But I think if Markel can come back the way that we think that he is going to and impact the game that he, the way that he was doing it prior to his injury, this kid makes the team so much better. He doesn't have to score. He doesn't have to you know, get a triple-double. He just has to go out there and just be a floor general for our, our young guys, and that will make him so much better. Um, so I think his impact on the court will impact the team the most out of all the guards that we have. Um, the Mo Bamba question, I think that it's a tough one. You basically have to decide, is Wendell your guy, which it seems like he is, that you signed into a contract extension, and then where are we in the draft? If we're going to draft another big guy that can play the center and the power forward, where does Mobamba fit in that in that realm? Does he still get minutes for a while? Do we still give him a, ch a chance? So pretty much it comes down to, do we believe in him still down the road? I think he helped himself last night quite a bit, but he also trade, uh, helped his trade value quite a bit last night. So it, it just depends on what the front office thinks. In my opinion, I'm 50-50, man. I, I can see the Magic resigning him because the potential is there, but I could also see them saying, hey, we gave you a shot unfortunately it's we're gonna cash in on your value and move on yeah just to echo what you're saying it's markel Fultz. like he's easily your best and most important guard um cole anthony he's still he's still working through it man he was playing he started off the season really really well and then kind of dwindled off after that injury he's still playing good basketball struggling a little bit but still at least decent basketball um, Markel Fultz, he's the guy that you've been waiting for all season long, and he continues to get better. He's he's such a he's a big guard that can really penetrate. He's crafty with the basketball. Yeah, his jump shot doesn't look the prettiest, but the dude does damage and impacts the game in a lot of ways. Is even even when he was struggling in Philadelphia, they always said, okay, you know, his shot isn't there, but he's not known to be a shooter. He imp the reason why he was the number one pick in the draft is because he was very well-rounded. He was able to do a lot of different things. And I think people underestimate like how much of a difference we're going to see with Markel Fultz being that point guard. And, you know, it makes me happy to see that. Uh, I mean, at least knowingly, um, should happen soon. I hope it happens soon. And then when it comes to Mobamba, 
dude, it's one game. One game and one game only. I honestly cannot see, and I could be dead wrong, but I can't see us keeping Bomb when you have somebody like Mo Wagner, who is 24 years old, in the same age range as Markel Foles, Jonathan Isaac, and the Ray. He's so young that can really play and make impacts during those you know moments that Wendell Carter can't play. Now, maybe, yeah, you keep Mobamba as insurance in case Wendell Carter gets hurt because he's known to be injury prone. But at some point, you have to make a decision. And I, and I even say this more for, for Mobamba. I'm a Mobamba supporter. I criticize him, but it's because I see his potential and I know what he's capable of. But, you know, like everyone else, I question the motor. I think it's time for for just a brand new environment for Mobamba. I think he just needs a, a clean slate. I thought with this new coaching staff, it would be a clean slate. Um, he's clearly played a lot better, um, but I I just think all around we we definitely need to make a decision on him. And I think that if I was him, I would want to go to a different team. Yeah. Um, jumping into the next one, this is from Jeff Weltgod, who asks. Your top five prospects for the Magic in this upcoming draft. Have you been already looking at the prospects? Like, how deep into this NBA upcoming draft have you really dived in? So that's a good question because I'm going to give you a, my real answer, which is I don't know enough just yet. So I, I don't really have five names that like I'm like yes, like these are the guys. We know the big three, right? We know Jabari Smith, we know Chet, Paulo Brancarolo from from Duke. So we know those those names. Outside of that, honestly, I haven't even looked below that because I really feel like the Magic are going to get end up with a, a top three pick and, and one of those guys will come in Orlando. A new name that was added today, we just found out, and I'm going to butcher his name, Shadon Sharp, I think you pronounce it, I'm not sure. He was the number one prospect out of high school in 2022 and apparently he's entering the NBA draft now. So people are projecting that he might be a top five pick. Um, he's a small forward. He can do it all. He's super athletic. He can shoot the ball. So who is this? What's his name? Shadon Sharp. And I may be saying his name completely wrong. I have no idea who that is. Me neither. I never even people, heard the name. I just saw him on Twitter. People were busting about the fact that he's entering the draft and making this draft even better, which is good for the magic, right? It's another prospect that we can get, um, in the top five. So any of those three big guys, in my opinion, are 1A, 1B, 1C. I don't know who. I have to do more research. But from a unicorn standpoint, the kid from Gonzaga, I think he has that unicorn feel that the Magic like. He can shoot. He can play inside a little bit. Has some handles. If you end up moving Mobamba, he could become the new Mobamba in Orlando, kind of that guy that is a project and has super high potential. But if you want to play a safe, I think Jabari Smith um, might be your guy. He's a guy that's known to do it all. He's projected to be the number one, the consensus number one pick now by many uh, draft experts. It's going to be tough. But if you ask me, any of those three power forwards, it's the way to go if you're the Magic. How about you? Yeah, so what worries me about Chet is that he's this dude is extremely skinny. He looks fragile. Um, and he looks like a player that, you know, it, it might take him a couple extra seasons also to really get adapted. Um, so that's my concern there because I don't want another project, not calling him a project, but I don't want to wait. Like, I, I'm, it may just be me being impatient like the rest of the Magic fan base, but we want someone that 
can really lead the team now and really make you know great strides right away, especially after we got spoiled with Franz Wagner. Um, Jabari Smith definitely. I, I've been. I saw some of his highlights, and he looks like a player that is very, very. Um, he looks like a basketball player. Mm-hmm. You know that conversation where people are debating between hoopers and, and basketball players. Like he looks like a basketball player. Yep. Um, the person that I really like and and is kind of who I've been leaning towards is is definitely Paolo from Duke. Now my concern with Paolo is the fact that you know he has that sweating condition. He just sweats like a lot, and they have to give him like special liquid so that you know he can keep his his hydration while he's playing. My fear with that is if it's already a struggle right now in college, when you go into the NBA and you're playing 80 plus games, you know, how would that impact you? But I think what makes this NBA draft so intriguing is the fact that if the Magic do, fingers crossed, get a top three pick, you're drafting a power forward. Yep. Like you're drafting a forward. And these are big fours. We're talking about six foot ten. That you know, maybe you can play them at the five, maybe. But you know, you got you got Jonathan Isaac that's still healing up, getting ready to hit the court one of these days, hopefully soon. What do you do then? The Magic are in no position not to draft best player available. So what if you have Jonathan Isaac? We did the same thing with Cole Anthony, Markel mm-hmm. Folds. Since having Markel Folds, we drafted quote-unquote, two-point guards. Yep. You draft the best player available. That's what you do. I think that the mindset for the Magic might be G.I. is coming back, but we're going to let this rookie kind of come off the bench, get a feel for him first. And I, I keep saying this. Don't be shocked if the Magic are seeing J.I. more as a five in the future, which we've discussed this, and you you kind of don't like that idea. But in the new NBA, dude, you got LeBron playing the five right now. You got Draymond Green playing the five now, nowadays. So maybe, just maybe, hear me out here. Do you think that J.I. is being held out as they are working on his knee, but also bulking him up even more so that he can handle a little more of the big bodies in the center position? Just because imagine having that lineup now. now but then that leads to the question, why did you just resign Wendell to a big deal, kind of, if that's the idea that you have? So it... It, it's troublesome. I kind of wish that it was. I don't even know why, because if you think about the Magic, they have a decent prospect in every position. The only one that I would consider maybe not being strong at is the shooting guard position now. Like, we don't really have a, like that shooting guard guy that can really lead the way, unless you consider Jalen Suggs that guy, or maybe Cole Anthony, but he might be a little bit undersized. So it's going to be interesting. But like you're saying, it's going to be a big guy, more than likely. If we end up top three, you cannot pass up on those three names right there. Um, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see how they approach the trade deadline, how they approach the days before the draft, or heck, the actual NBA draft day itself. Do they trade the pick? Do they package it with mobile? I don't even know. With another young guy and, and try to get a star? They have some big decisions to make over the next six months. Absolutely. This next one comes from Nate Turner. What is the best role for Chuma? Saw some good things last night from him, but with Franz really impressing this year and J.I. to come back, I mean, I think he's coming back. Do you think he would be happy being a role player off the bench after starting and playing well last year? So interestingly enough, I thought that Jumo was going to be a starter this year because he played well when he was a starter last season. But for some reason this year, he's actually played better off the bench. 
including the game against Philly most recently. He scored 18 points, shot it really, really well. And yet when he's been a starter, he's kind of been very quiet and timid to, to make his presence felt. He scored like four points and three points, like very timid. I feel like off the bench, he knows, hey, I can just go out there and just shoot the ball and, and kind of impact the team offensively a little bit more. So I don't think he would mind. And not for nothing, he hasn't really done enough to tell me, man, you're a starter. Like, if he was playing at the level of Franz Wagner and being consistent every night, then yeah, you know, you, you're earning your minutes. But right now, he's been very inconsistent this season. He's not shooting well enough. And even defensively, he doesn't look like the Chumov last season. Um, he's getting his steals, but staying in front of his guys is still an issue for him, which I don't know if it's the hip injury. I don't know what it could be. So in my opinion, I think he would be okay coming off the bench until he earns earn those minutes. I think he's going to be our 3 and D guy off the bench. Um, he's going to be someone that we already know takes great pride on the defensive end uh, and can definitely open up, um, hit that jump shot from the three-point line. I, I don't see him starting with the amount of talent that we're really adding to this team. Again, just fast-forwarding it into the future of seeing, you know, adding another forward to the team. Uh, I think it would just wait, make way more sense him coming off the bench. And I really like Schumann. I think that he does a lot of great things for us. Um, but I think that you're right. I've seen the impacts of, uh, you know, listen, Chuma has done a lot of great and I've seen him play well in the starting lineup. I've seen him play well off the bench. He has some struggles. The great thing about seeing, um, seeing how well he does on both sides is that he's able to overcome those struggles. Mm -hmm. But I think that best role for him is definitely off the bench. And I honestly don't think that he would have an issue with it. I think that he would definitely embrace that role. And I think that, again, he's a player that is all for the team. And if he's coming off the bench, he's going to go in and make an impact. And that's all you can really ask for. Magic fans, we are on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook is not available in your home state, you can still get in on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prices with their first deposit. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restriction supply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, really great questions from the mailbag. Um, now we're going to jump into Get It Off Your Chest. This is a segment that we've had for a really long time, but kind of you know stepped away from it for a little bit. But this is really asking our listeners for their perception of the state of the Orlando Magic, allowing them to be able to be vocal 
the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it may be. And we actually got vocals this time for Get Off Your Chest. So we're going to run through it now. This very first one. Let's hear it. Cal Zone on Instagram says, I'm worried that we have an overabundance of talent. We need to develop. And when Isaac and Fultz come back, knowing this team, we will develop the wrong players. And then don't even get me started on the fact that we are supposedly giving up on Mo Bamba. Oh, okay. So what does that mean exactly? He's worried that we'll develop the wrong players. So I'm wondering if he means that with all the injuries where, again, the guys that are getting on the court, getting shots up and, and putting up stats, Cole Anthony, Franz Wagner. I'm guessing he's thinking those are not the guys that we should be developing. It should be more like Markel, J.I., the, the big names that we have come to expect. But then again, they've been injured. So if anything, in my opinion, this little break has allowed other guys to shine Build build that confidence so they can make it in the NBA level, and it's going to make us even better when it comes to putting the whole team together. So imagine now you're having Markel, Ji, Franz at the way that he's playing, Cole Anthony the way that he's playing, and hopefully Suggs by the time that he he's fully developing here by the end of his rookie season, it's going to make us a better team overall. That's my my take on it. All right. I'm okay with having an overabundance of talent on the team. Isn't that the ultimate goal? Like, I, I get the concerns. Like, how how could you possibly develop all of our young people? I get that. How do you develop Franz, Cole, Jalen, Markel, Jonathan Isaac, Wendell, RJ Hampton, Chuma? Like, how do you really, like, are you able to develop all of them? But there there is a way of doing that. It's not just one head coach. It's not like Jamal Mosley. I mean, there is only one head coach, but there's not just one coach. It's not like Jamal Mosley is the only one with the key to develop. Mm -hmm. You have multiple coaches that are brought on with that specialty to be able to help develop all of these players. But it's not just, you know, Jamal Mosley is going to take Jonathan Isaac and Markel only, and he's only going to work with them. The Magic do have a lot of talent, but that's a great thing. Because right now we don't have a pro, uh, we we don't have that one all star. Who's that one player that's really going to carry us? Even with Jonathan Isaac and Markel coming back, it may not be them, and that's okay. That's part of a rebuild. We're the worst team in the NBA. Grab as much talent as you possibly can, and once you have it, figure it out. And I'm including this draft pick that's coming. I'm including them figure it out we've seen flashes we know that our players have potential we just don't know who that one guy is going to be and who knows what we get back with jonathan isaac who knows what we get back with markel fultz mm -hmm. i pray that they stay healthy but what if they don't what if we experience more injuries what do we do there at least we're in the position to where we own all our futures and a really really good hopefully draft pick coming up yeah I, I think you're right 100 i think you you cannot get too picky and i think having a lot of young talent good quality young talent with potential it may not work out at the end of the day but it, it's still assets that you can always trade down the road and there's not no better asset to have than a young talent player making rookie salary or very little money and then you pair that up with a pick or again if you have salary cap space absorbing a big contract in return so 
I know in the moment it may seem that way, but I think at the end of the day, all this young talent may pay off at the end of the day for the Magic, whether it is in a Magic uniform or if you package some of these guys together to land a big star down the road. I mean, do you feel like we're giving up on Mobamba? It's hard to say, man, because he's been here for four years, but he's only really played a year and a half. So it's kind of hard to say. I, I haven't seen enough, I mean, to say he's warranted, you know, a big contract. But it's hard knowing that we drafted this guy. He was supposed to be this guy. And we're going to give up on him the moment that he's finally healthy. It's, so it's, it's a really tough decision. It comes down to numbers. It's a business at the end of the day. If Mobamba is okay with making a little bit less than Wendell, and by that I mean maybe $40 million instead of 50 or 45 I think the Magic keep him. But if his agents want to play the, the money game and say, hey, we can get money out there, and a team is crazy enough to throw at him, you know, 70, 80 million, I think you let him walk. But then you should trade him in that case. So if you cannot really negotiate with him over the next few weeks and know what that number might be, you may have to give up on him because you don't want to lose him for nothing. That's the last I think, thing this team needs. I think by this trade deadline, you already have, like, it's not like they're just waiting for the trade deadline to kind of make a decision you you have an idea of of what you're able to more or less get right do you do we think that we can get mobamba for this price if we don't think and they're not interested in this price and we believe that he can get more elsewhere then you kind of make the decision okay then we have to trade him now or if not we lose him for absolutely nothing i think the biggest fear for the fan base is what if this is another player that we give up on way too early and then they go to another team and another team reaps the benefits of a player that we were trying to develop and i think that you know that's 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 something that we would have to accept if that did happen because a majority of the fan base they've gone to a point where we've gotten impatient and we're not willing to wait another two years to possibly hopefully see him being the player that people expect him to be you know what might help the Magic at the end of the day is only three teams are projected to have significant cap space in this free agency, the Pistons, the Spurs, and the Magic. So do the Spurs need Mobamba? Uh, maybe not that bad. The Pistons kind of scare me because they, they could use a big guy to kind of pair up with, with the young guys that they have. So they could throw a ton of money at Mobamba. And then, of course, the Magic can use some of the cap, cap space to bring him back. Um but that may work to the Magic's advantage. The fact that they may not have a lot of competition for Mobamba out there. So you may get them for cheap. So we'll see what happens. But at least that's working in our favor. We will see soon enough. All right, let's get to the next one. Rudy L. Dermo O. on Instagram says, I watch the games only for Cole Anthony, but he is on a tough stretch now. What do you think about his current situation? Good question. I've been asking myself the same thing. Um, I think I tweeted this the other night. I, I, I tweeted, I missed the nights when Cole would just score 20 plus every night. Like you, you went into games knowing Cole's going to drop 20. We may not win the game, but it'll be fun to watch him put up those numbers. Um, he's, I remember guys, he's a sophomore, right? He's a sophomore in the NBA. He's still figuring things out. Teams around the NBA are learning his tactics and what has made him successful so far. So they're adapting to him defensively. He's going to find a way. Uh, he's struggling right now to shoot the ball, and that's not helping. 
But I think he's going to bounce back. It's one of those rough patches that people go through in the NBA where they just kind of hit a shot, and it feels like that, that's what he's going through right now. But I think he's going to find a way. He's, he's going to be fine. That's my take on it. What about you? You think that he'll bounce back, or do you think this is the call that we're going to basically get used to, that kind of inconsistency nah, from he'll, night to night? He'll, he'll, he'll bounce back. Listen, he's the team leader in points and assists. He's a the third best on the team for rebounds, averaging 6.2 rebounds. There's only two people that grab more rebounds than Cole Anthony is Wendell and Mobamba. He's a really, he's a small point guard that is able to play big. Um, I don't, I don't to me, I'm not worried about Cole Anthony. I get that. We're not, we're not playing well right now. And and I get that Cole Anthony has been struggling. Uh, We just now finally got him back from his injury. So, Maybe it's taking a minute for him to get accustomed to it again. Um, I'm not worried about Cole Anthony. I, I get it. Cole Anthony is one of my favorite favorite players also. Um, last name of his jersey is Anthony, so it's – I get it. I get it. You expect every Anthony to be amazing 100% at all times, <laughs> but I promise you that's not always the case. I'm sorry for all the Anthonys in the world. I apologize. It just doesn't work that way, but I think he'll be all right. Keep watching the Magic games. Don't be depressed. All right, jumping into our third one. Kink Top Miho on Instagram says, Fire Alex Martins for the love of everything. Oh, we're still <laughs> we're still mad at Alex Martins? Is that, we're still mad at him? Listen, we're that's never going to that? change. That's never going to change. Until the Magic don't, don't make the playoffs and make some noise, that's not going to change. Man, leave 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 Alex Martins alone, man. He's not he's not doing anything with the franchise anymore. He's just sticking to the business side. He's minding his own business. If the Magic don't do well, he gets to keep his job anyways because he's not <laughs> he's not worrying about the the basketball operation side. That's not that's not his uh his department. Yeah, he's the he's the CEO and he signs off on everything. But man, it's, it's the Jeff Waltman show. Let me ask you a quick follow-up question to that. Do you think there's a scenario where he's pulling the strings, though, back there and saying anything that impacts the basketball? Do you really think that's now Jeff Waltman that's kind of calling the shots? My personal opinion, I don't think he has any say of what to do. I think he has say of giving the final stamp of approval. Yep. So I don't I don't think that he's telling Jeff Woman you have to go after this player or why aren't you playing that player or you know let's set like I don't think any of that's happening but I think that for the Nikola Vucevic trade and and Aaron yeah. Gordon I think that it definitely gets to his desk and you know he's signing off on it hundred percent which but, which happens in every NBA team right like the owners have to be okay with it and, and have to agree with it but at the at the same time we could be completely wrong right because. When Jeff Woman came on board, that was one of the questions that were at, that he was asked in his response. And I remember this response because to me, it was the number one thing that stood out because we've always had, you know, the general manager, mm-hmm. you know, the, the PBO was something that we didn't have. Right. And his response was the only reason why I'm taking that. I wouldn't take this job unless I had full 100% authority to make basketball decisions. And, and I was going to say. The fact that he resigned for four more years or five more years, if you include this one, makes me believe that that's what's happening. Because I don't think they would have been okay staying if the Vucevic trade was forced on him or the Aaron Gordon trade. So I think that right that makes me believe that they're on the same page. 
absolutely. And I and I think that you have to have that type of partnership where Alex Martins is saying, I Jeff, I, I trust I trust what you're doing. You're leading us in the right direction. So you you keep doing what you're doing, bro. But I think so. Damn, man, man, leave Alex Martins alone, man. He promised <laughs> he promised you a championship by twenty thirty. What more do you want from that? No, I'm just I get the frustration. God. I get it. All right. Number four. White boy fantasy oh. on Instagram said, good things come to those who wait. Terrible this year, but next year the franchise will have a rebirth. So much young talent with another lottery pick on the way and a ton of cap room. There you go, white boy fantasy. See, I think like that positivity. Um, he thinks like me because that's what I keep saying to myself every single night. <laughs> I'm like, another topic boy, is coming. White boy fantasy. <laughs> that's what you're telling yourself every night now. Not that, not that. <laughs> I keep saying to myself, hey, we got a, a, a top three pick coming, maybe maybe top five. We'll see. We got salary caps face for the first time since Jeff and, and John have been here. The team is fully loaded with young talent. Be patient. That's what I keep saying to myself. And, and you know I've said it many times in this podcast. I go to every game, and it's, it's even gotten to a point where I don't want to go to games anymore because we can't know the outcome. But I'm going to watch the scene develop. I'm seeing. I want to go out there to see what young guys gonna look good that night and, and do th something different that I haven't seen before. So I'm still supporting the team in that fashion. But I think if you're a Magic fan, you have to be positive. I know it's hard. I know it's hard when we lose these games by one point, by two points, and and these young guys look great. But at the end of the day, I think it's gonna pay off for us again. Once we get hopefully a top five pick, I'm not gonna say top three because you never know what may happen in the lottery. It's going to make it worth it. And again, let's see what happens in free agency, what happens in trades coming up. But I think the future is brighter than it's been in recent memory. That's all I can say. And good things come to those who wait. I feel like we've been waiting a really, really long time. Um, and damn it, we deserve some some good happening our way. Done a lot for the NBA. Single-handedly save the NBA season True. during a pandemic. Uh, provided our partnerships and and really, you know, painted the blueprint to allow, you know, NBA basketball to continue. We're we're old. Like the NBA is in debt to the Orlando Magic, so we're waiting. Hopefully, I agree. There's a lot to be excited and to be positive about. NBA draft is uh is something that can really like this is a season where it makes or breaks. Like we we can't afford, and I feel like I say this every season, but we can't <laughs> afford not to get it right. So, jumping into number five, the last one. I P Drummer two thousand four on Instagram says, "Watching Magic games make me depressed at this point, but at least we have a bright future." Okay, there you go. Okay, so I feel like there's a there's a common trend happening. Right now, everyone's sad and depressed, but you're still holding on because you see the the light at the end of the tunnel, the the sun at the end of the horizon. Like you, you see, you see the positives. At least there's there's a little mix of emotions there. Like it's not all negative, negative and positive. I like Something, it. It makes me feel good that Magic fans kind of think alike in the sense of, hey, it sucks right now. But it's going to get better. And I think that's the mindset that we all have right now. It's like, hey, we know it's tough times. We, we Injuries have killed us. We've lost so many games since last, since last year. But we know things are going to get better. And I think the common thinking is we can be easily back to 500 next season. If with this team healthy, with a new pick, with, a, with, with G.I. Markel healthy, we can make 
we can turn it around completely. And I think that's the biggest thing that we have to keep that in mind that that can, that can really happen just next year, but things have to work in our favors. And now we need that to happen. And that sucks. And now that anxiety can say like, man, we can't wait till the end of the season. We can't wait till the lottery. We went through it last year and it sucked. I was literally counting down the weeks and the days to, until we would find out this, these answers. We're kind of back to that again, but for now let's enjoy the games and deal with that later. Yeah, we literally have the return of Markel and Jonathan Isaac. Hopefully, before the end of the season, we got an NBA trade deadline. Uh, we got NBA draft in the offseason. Like, there's there's just a lot of different things to look forward to. And that's why I said in the beginning of the episode, the Orlando Magic, we aren't your typical last place team in the NBA. Like, we, we have a direction. We have a path. We already have, you know, a, a solid handful of, of talent on this roster. We're not the Rockets. We're not the Pistons. We're we're a team that we have a lot of really, really good players, and we're going to add another solid player to this roster. Who knows what we end up doing in the NBA trade, trade deadline. We can easily turn this around. This isn't the beginning of a rebuild. I would say that we're kind of on our last leg of the rebuild. Um, and I and I think that, you know, there's, again, there's there's a lot to look forward to, and the Magic could easily, easily turn this around. We have to be. We have to, we have to be fortunate. Got to be a little lucky, but it's it's definitely something that I I see happening easily. I think so too. And the fun part is we we get all those answers in the next five months, right? So we are exactly I think what is it now five months away from June. So yeah, in five months we'll at least know who we draft. We'll by then know our lottery pick. We'll by then know or lottery. Will we end up in the lottery? The trade that line we'll know by then. So I think it's it's a crucial six months, five months for this franchise. And man, we gotta we gotta just ride this wave. It's 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 not good right now, but again, it's gonna get better here over the next few months and hopefully into next season. The biggest thing is health. We haven't had that. That's why our record is so bad. Like you said, we are not the Pistons. They, they've been pretty healthy, and they're still one of the worst records in the NBA. The Rockets, pretty similar. We haven't had that. We haven't had our main players. We've we've been out seven rotational guys at times, even more. Man, it's hard. Uh, I think once the health factor plays in our favor. We can, again, be a really good team, even with just that alone, not adding another pick, not adding any free agents, just by having health, we can turn things around. Yeah, absolutely. We just got to wait and see. A little more patience. We're almost there. Um, the week ahead, we got Friday against the Lakers, Bulls on Sunday, and then Clippers on Wednesday. So it's going to be fun to see how this team reacts to, to these teams. Um, all teams are definitely have their own struggles and challenges. Uh, what are your predictions? If there's one thing I can ask, only one thing I can ask is please beat the Lakers on Friday. That will make me feel so good. You know how I feel about LeBron James. If you can beat, beat the Lakers and Orlando with all the bandwagon Laker fans in the arena, oh man, I'm definitely having drinks tomorrow if that happens. Um, the Bulls on Sunday, you know Wendell's going to go off because he lost playing against the Bulls. And the Clippers, I'd rather read the Clippers. I don't have Paul George. I don't have uh, Kawhi uh, Leonard right now playing. So... I can see us, we're a little bit healthier now. I can see us winning one to two games this week. But please be Friday against the Lakers, one of them. What makes Friday's game against the Lakers so interesting is the fact that the Lakers are so fragile as it is, especially with their coaching situation with Frank Vogel. Yes. And then you have the Orlando Magic, who were the worst team in the NBA, and Frank Vogel used to coach the Orlando Magic prior to going to the Lakers. Yep. And 
I think that this is kind of like a worst case scenario for him. Like, if you play against the Lakers and you don't, or you play against the Magic and you don't beat the Magic, then there's no way. Like, in my opinion, there's no way that he survives. That that vacant like the Lakers head coaching job in my opinion would be vacant if he loses against the Orlando Magic like that would have to be the last draw. Frank Vogel's a nice guy. Hope it doesn't happen. I hope we win and we win by a lot. But that, that there, be, there's just there's no way that he survives that game. That could break the Lakers lose. honestly. It really 100%. could. If they if they lose by even if it's by one point, but they lose to the Magic, man, I think that that might be it. And I think somebody tweeted that earlier today. One of the NBA analysts said that that it's funny how he's playing the Magic tomorrow. All this controversy going on. If they lose, he might not make it to Saturday as the head coach of the Lakers. So that would be really fun for me to say, hey, we beat the Lakers, we broke their team. Go figure it out. <laughs> That's the benefit of being like the worst team in the NBA is that, you know, you play against us and we're, we're still a competitive team. Yep. If we lose, because our losses, maybe a couple that you can really point at and say, damn, we really got our ass beat. But all the other ones, you know, we were competing to the end. And it's like, if you lose to us, it forces these teams to take a hard look at themselves in the mirror and say, damn, yep. are we really that good? Like, <laughs> do we just... Do we really? Do we really just lose to the mat? Did that really happen? So and don't forget, we're actually the healthiest that we've been in quite some time. Yes, yep. RJ Hampton went down, but everyone else is going to play tomorrow, except of course Ji Markel and the other guys. But as far as Suggs is back, Wendell's going to be back. Mobamba's playing. Gary Harris, Terrence Ross. So we have a decent roster tomorrow, enough depth to scare them. And I would love to see Mo Wagner get in there and just. Hack LeBron a little bit and getting his head. That would be amazing. Or with Westbrook, one of those two guys. Or with Dwight. Is Dwight healthy? Or with Dwight. Is he playing? Yeah. I think or he is. Dwight. That'd be fun. That'd be a fun little situation. Get we'll see, man. That Lakers game, definitely in the game to watch. So we'll see what ends up happening. On that note, appreciate you guys for listening and watching. It's a wrap for me and Al. Catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast the voice of magic fans follow us on twitter and instagram at the ozone pod and remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms